Namaste. All that we have read so far is a preparation for all that is to come. There are three key words in Shurbindo's uh, metaphysical understanding of life. I won't use the word yoga because that brings another key, another dimension. So one is evolution, the second is transformation and the third is divine life. And the next three talks will be centered around that. So evolution is a word which um, has been used, it's been known even without using it, it has been known as way back as uh, um, you know ancient Vedanta and Tantra. Vedanta, Vedanta speaks about um, the evolution of a soul going through the human body. It doesn't use the word exactly evolution but it says that human body is a vehicle to carry the soul to a point where it can finally launch itself into the absolute through moksha. So this Vedanta, Tantra actually speaks of evolution of form and the soul. So Chaurasi, Lakh, Yoni or whatever, you know, the present consensus may be, the soul transmigrates through all of them, eventually reaching that high peak point in humanity, from where again it has to launch itself into the absolute. So its purpose is over and if it doesn't, according to the spiritual theory, it comes back and keeps moving in the cycle. Even if it remains human, it keeps just moving up and down the cycle until it releases itself from there. Then of course, um, this is not only in India, Greek philosopher Pythagoras, known for Pythagoras you know, theorem, actually gave the theory of transmigration. If it is one of those whose transmigration theory comes so close to Indian thought. Then um, apart from that, there have been those who have been speaking of evolution in terms of emergence of faculties. Nietzsche spoke about coming of Superman, who is more like the Darwinian, uh, through a natural selection, the more powerful person, uh, humanity or a superhumanity of the future will um, crush this and move up the ladder. So these are the various theories. In, and then there is, of course, the material theory, the scientific theory of evolution. Uh, which is, uh, of course, in Indian theory, again, you have the dashavatar, which is again the form and the consciousness. But the scientific theory owes itself, more recently at least, to Darwin. And Darwinism is, is very simply that there is an evolution of species that takes place. It doesn't speak about individual evolution, which Vedanta speaks about. But species evolve and based on heredity and based on certain... Um, you know, selection at the genetic level. So there are mutations which are random and out of that, nature selects those mutations which are better, which are better in terms of adaptation. So the whole theory is about survival of the fittest, but fittest is not about strongest, but somebody who is better adapted in every way is the one who evolves. Upon this, there is another theory which is, uh, which even talks about not just the material side, but it Though the word consciousness is not used, it the word used is animism, the life energy inside. So that is Lamarck's theory and Lamarck's theory is a little different. Lamarck speaks about evolution, uh, but he says that basically, it's very interesting that an organ, an, um, a species can acquire certain characteristics because it is met with a challenge. And the examples are, for instance, giraffe, because you know the Trees had high up things to eat, so it stressed its neck. Another example of elephant. So elephant trunks were much shorter, but because, you know, they had to gather food from above, so again they stressed the trunk. But this is one part. But most more important and interesting is that once you have acquired it, these can be transmitted by the genes to other generations. So this is something very fascinating. Because it opens doors to a whole revolutionary way of thinking. And even in modern times, there is a very interesting um, actual there are studies which have shown something very interesting that yes, there could be truth in it. For instance, um, now India is regarded as the diabetes capital, you know, because people have a lot of obesity and uh, store a lot of fat in the central obesity, fat in the belly. Now, this was not so earlier. But what happened is that there was a famous Bengal famine because India was neglected, you know, the Britishers, they very highly civilized people. They neglected Indians because they thought they are not worth living. 
only they have a right to live so all the wheat and grains were given to the british soldier ha huh? very cultured and civilized people uh, highly intelligent and intellectual so that's a pun okay don't take it seriously but uh, that's how we define no civilized nations by how much english we can speak and how much we have studied in cambridge and oxford but this was the product so uh, end product so when they did uh, when uh, england particularly Be- india particularly bengal is a very famous famine so what happened after the famine uh, because there was very little food uh, so um, the indians during that time they acquired a genetic trait of storing food where do they store it there is no food outside so they converted a lot of food into fat and this fat was stored in the belly this is actually documented i am not uh, making it up okay you can go and search and study now later on there was no shortage of food subsequently today we don't have shortage of food we are the ones who are supplying this nature's karmic law so we are supplying wheat during this crisis and all this but the interesting part is the capacity the gene that was acquired to store food continues so there is a transmission of acquired characters through genes meaning thereby you can actually impact our genes by the challenges of life and how we respond to them so this is one part of it so there is the scientific uh, theory of evolution which speaks about the outer evolution of form but how exactly it takes place nobody knows and as i said the reason why form is there is because consciousness must stabilize itself into something it must build a house otherwise if you you don't have a form it will come and it will collapse so there has to be something to stabilize the form and the form itself must be commensurate with the level of evolution if there is a different kind of a, it's like if you have to run an electrical car you can't just use the same car and suddenly say i will uh, somehow plug it with electricity no it will blow up you have to use a different kind of the outer body may be same or similar but you have to use another kind of engine another kind of mechanism inside to draw it from the electricity or to draw it from the solar or to draw it from water it is a whole inner mechanism has to change inner engineering so the in the same way there is a change of form which takes place to accommodate a um, different level of consciousness which evolves uh, whether it evolves because forms evolve that is one kind of theory which is uh, a bit uh, you know absurd because where does this consciousness suddenly come in uh, the other is which is more closer to something like lamarck that there is a you know effort inside Uh, for whatever reason there is a challenge and there is a crisis and there is an effort inside to grow something and the form itself changes as a result of the pressure of the consciousness so when we see lower down the rung uh, for instance reptilian world reptilian world doesn't have any any kind of thinking cobras can have some little rudimentary brain otherwise they don't think they uh, they just reflex actions so if you step it'll bite uh, you may do puja to nag devta that's okay that's as uh, a symbol but don't start uh, taking actually a nag devda putting in house that you know i will worship him no so you place milk he comes he takes it and goes away so but because it doesn't have that kind of emotion that's why it's called a cold blooded not it's not cold cold blooded because of that but it is very interesting term that it actually has no emotions it doesn't feel that it has killed a little boy or a child just like that but then as you go up this snake began to fly now why it began to fly it is very interesting and even just today as we are talking about it there is a discovery of one of the most gigantic and most dangerous species of lizards that ever came into existence they are called flying lizards and uh, that lizard was about 30 feet tall and um, or maybe more than that and the wingspan was 9 meters so you can imagine and it was like a you know tyrannosaurus it really tyrannosaurus and it was it imagine flying and preying upon so this but this clumsy lizard this is interesting because the danger of the reptile became manifold with the coming of this kind of lizard and yet nature used it to create a bird which is so beautiful so we must understand that nature works in ways which are very very complex and when of course now we we don't have that tyrannosaurus it has gone away uh, now they have found after god knows so many thousand of years of or hundreds of years of search but otherwise there have been many such species which were very odd and they have gone away this is bearing on what we are going to talk about 
and then eventually of course now we have the birds and uh, these birds have you know people the sky and even birds you will not find so much of emotion in it but then as the um, four footed animals come in they are the ones where you see the stir of emotion so you will see that dogs can get attached elephants horses they you know there's so many stories horses can actually weep they can feel your pain they can actually come and try to even cats can take upon themselves your problems and issues dogs are faithful creatures and then comes the thinking man so this is the story so far but something interesting happens with the advent of man that's what you've been speaking about evolution and man so what happens with um, man that now more than the form there is the uh, evolution takes place within the same form of humanity of course there are differences in terms of uh, color of complexion of skin but basic pattern is the same of course you can make your hairs nowadays color it gray blue black white curl it or make it flowing but basic pattern is the same it's a little improvisation upon the animal body but the interesting part of this form of human being is that now evolution takes place without a change of form and evolution of consciousness the proof the proof is very simple if you look look into humanity there are at least nine layers of humanity and early humanity which was very close to animal kind it's known that there are still now in um, you know very primitive humanity whose relics continue to persist i mean they actually exist where even they are cannibals they eat human beings uh, i mean it's not they don't kill and eat but uh, if somebody dies restaurants where it's there was a story about nigeria where you know human brain it was a delicacy so they still eat and it in fact leads to a disease so it's a documented thing but from there we have come to a range of humanity where human being study the brain look at the difference big difference so within human same form there is an evolution taking place and that is an evolution of consciousness and if you look at uh, the dashavatar story till um, till vamana the form is changing after vamana the form is the same but the consciousness is changing and that's why the importance of rebirth because for consciousness to change without a change of form we need to um have some way or the other the soul must take up new bodies and that's why in human beings why this individual soul comes in uh, another evidence is that while in animal world you have fixation to a species try whatever you may de- uh, do tiger will not turn vegetarian it will remain a non vegetarian you may give vegetarian food all the life the day he gets an opportunity he will have a natural flair for vegetarian non veg food similarly try whatever you may you cannot turn an elephant into a non vegetarian but in human beings there is such switch off such changes such different patterns there is a lot of individuality that develops and the more a human being evolves he begins to become more and more individualized which is another sign that the individual soul has reached a point where it can start expressing itself as an individual unit of the divine though outwardly it is still the shell of the ego but this individualization itself is a sign from the point of view, view of yoga it's a first necessity to become an individual before we can surrender so this individuality where we have our own thoughts we decide we make choices is characteristically human and this is also because in the mind itself there is a long range unlike the vital energy in vital also you see from the first cellular organism till man what a journey to more and more complex form but human being because mind is inherently complex they are built with extreme degree of complexity and richness and this complexity of details has led to you know manifesting art poetry music literature science uh, various kind 64 vidyas as it is called so we see the evolution is taking a very different route still a question may be raised objection may be raised that well all that is fine how does it uh, prove that there may be a spiritual evolution after all it may stop with man man is fixed to his type like other species are fixed to their type so man also may be fixed to his type his only ultimate possibility is escape from this whole cycle this is how it is explained to this objection we can uh, there are several answers one of them is that well man is his type itself demands exceeding himself see then man 
There is this tendency. He is created by nature for self-exceeding. We may not use the word evolution, but we use the word education. So within us, there is this urge to exceed and exceed. First, we try to explore outer boundaries. When we try to explore inner boundaries, this is given to man. And if this is uh, only to escape, then we see also in man a contrary tendency, wherein he simultaneously discovers the uh, riches of the spirit of the higher regions and wants to bring it down to earth and create a better society, the ideal of you know, Ram Raji and kingdom of heaven upon earth, um, bring some ideal ethic, dharma. So there is in man both these tendencies. These are the first signs. Are these because of, uh, just because the form of man can uh, allow it? Well, to that uh, kind of a um, uh, injunction, the answer can be very simple. That if you really look at uh, the way this evolution takes place uh, in human beings, that uh, it it is the same form, but within it, there are some spiritual impulses. Now, this answer, whether it's form uh, or whether it's consciousness, can be answered by taking an example of electricity. So, if you observe electricity, uh, before somebody thought about using it and now lighting up the world, how was it found? It was found in the lightnings of the skies. So, a crude thinker would have said, oh, Electricity is created by the coming together of wet clouds, heavily laden burdened clouds. Under certain conditions, they create this. But is it true? A deeper thinker discovers electricity is a principle in creation. There are electrical energies which are there even in atom. But there is a certain condition in which it manifests. Now, once you understand it, then the same process, once you know it's a principle in creation, you can actually create conditions, use things, make wires through which it can express itself. So form is only an instrument and a vehicle, not the originator. So all this begins to converge on this idea that Shurabinda is putting forward that, well, the next evolution, evolution is not finished with man, he is Mahavakya, just like all life is yoga, man is a transitional being. And there are several um, evidences to that. One of them is, unlike animals, man is not fixed to a particular type. He is all the time seeking something. As if, you know, something is missing in his life. And even if everything is there, he is still seeking. He is an incorrigible seeker. He is somebody who is all the time trying out, experimenting, unlike the animals. You tell a lion, would you like to study human nature and be more careful? The animals say, no, I am driven by instinct, I am fine. You ask the gods, do you want to know the supreme? They'll say, no, no. I am the supreme. <laughs> or they may say, if there are some humble god, they'll say, well, I get the energy needed from the supreme and I act according. I don't want to know anything more. I am happy in my splendors. And animal will say, I am happy with my food. But man is an incorrigible seeker. So this itself is a sign that man is meant to evolve. Evolution is not finished. Of course, the idea that Sachidananda finished would man uh, itself is absurd. But uh, to that people say that cosmos has nothing to do with absolute. It is nature creating things. So uh, one has to understand that our idea of perfection would not be there. Imperfection is the perfect. So that's a way of looking at things. But Shurabindo says that no, the divine is not just the absolute who is beyond the cosmos. He manifests in the cosmos and he manifests in the individual. So there are the triple terms of his manifestation. That supreme consciousness has gone into inconscience from where it is emerging. First through different species which are like steps of the Sakti. With man it takes a more powerful means of evolution by uh, evolving within itself through the psychic entity. And that evolution is yet not over. A last objection can be, not objection but... Uh, Okay, maybe man is meant to evolve spiritually. But could it be that a new being will suddenly come and occupy the spaces in some prepared bodies, in some prepared organs, or prepare an organ? And man will not be the step. Now, this is something which is a cast entity situation because nobody has ever observed an animal evolve. So, but the problem there is that to imagine that a being will come, suddenly take up a body and completely transmute it is a far more difficult proposition than it 
evolves from within and thereby manifests the superman or the supramental being. Nevertheless, this question should be though left hanging before the supramental manifestation. There is a famous letter. Is supramental evolution is going to be, manifestation is going to be upon earth. But whether man is the chosen species or the supramental as its own way, picking up bodies, picking up brains, hearts, transmuting it, that was the other possibility. But in this second one, the problem is mediating stare is lost. If you don't have a mediating stare, you will have supramental beings who will make this earth a beautiful place. But what about the rest of creation? All this is very beautifully described in Savitri. So man will remain as a mediating stare. And uh, now that the supramental manifestation has taken place, it is humanity, this consciousness will start uh, changing us, even the form from within, so as to uh, embody and manifest the supramental consciousness. And now it makes sense, now we understand why mother gave so much importance to the physical education <laughs> at one point of time, just before the supermind was manifesting. But the bodies are not ready and strong enough. And first is the brain. Brain must be ready and strong enough because it will start with the brain. Brain is right now the peak of human evolution. And that's why we should read the life divine. <laughs> and Savitri, because it will prepare the brain. If brain can receive that consciousness, see, those the golden light came down into my brain, the grey rooms of my mind's untouched became, a bright reply to wisdom's occult flame, a calm plane, a calm illumination and a flame. It must come here first. This should be ready and strong to bear. Plastic to be able to bear the impact of the supramental forces. Mother speaks about it when, you know, it touched the brain and it was like as if head is going to burst into thousand pieces. And then the speech is the next. Thy golden light came down into my throat and all my speech is now a song divine then the heart and the lower angels so this is the process through which it will take place so there is both ways there is the human consciousness ascending upward which we see through light life and love should be in those uh, symbol and the divine grace descending down and together they meet at a point and create the supramental creation so within human be beings it is the will and faith which must help this ascension and then there is the response of the grace and where the two meet perfectly, there comes the supramental manifestation. So both sides are required. So there is an evolution. One is that the form and consciousness are evolving from within. The other side is that something from above comes and takes hold of the consciousness which is struggling to evolve and gives it a fillip and takes it forward. So both are required. It's not like suddenly it will come and occupy an invisible entity. It will occupy, it can do it, but normally if it does that, then they will be mediating, link will be lost. And that's why Shubhinda is not doing it as an abrupt miracle. So there has to be effort, a straining. And when there is training, like the Lamarck's giraffe, <laughs> so it is training toward the height. I love this picture, Lamarck giraffe and the elephant trying to reach out. It cannot, so it stretches. So we try to understand life divine, we cannot. So we stretch, stretch. Until the time when we can open, connect and then that there is a meeting point. That's what yoga is and that grace, that higher consciousness begins to change us. So both meeting together is the process of evolution. And as I said, there are signs of this emergent evolution in the form of the spiritual man. It's still the spiritual mind but the thinker. Uh, who is, you know, the spiritual philosopher, let me put it like that, the idealist, the dreamer, the sage, the mystic poet, all these are glimpses of something which is going to come. And what is going to come is much higher than that. It is not sage, seer, superman transcends all of them. Because it's not just in the mind or a corner of the heart that he'll be illumined. He'll be completely new consciousness through and through in everything. And at uh, finally, even the body will undergo the transmutation. So, what Shurbindo is creating is, you know, there was um, Dilip Kumar Roy once told to Shurbindo that uh, somebody has written a poem on you, and the poem goes something like this: Hail, O last Rishi, Shurbindo. 
uh, I mean, like that. So, hail, O last Rishi. So, the Limkumar Roy said very disappointingly, Sir, if you are the last Rishi, so we all have no chance. He has in a way condemned your work. <laughs> and look at Shirobindo with his humor. He said, No, no, no. Yes, he is quite right. After this, you won't need Rishis. You'll have Superman. So, he is the last Rishi and the first Superman. <laughs> so, he said that, you know, that age is gone because that was the high peaks. And it rose, it came down because it couldn't take a leap. So we see those mighty forefathers, Rishis in Vedic age. But then the leap could not take place. So it came down the curve. But again, the human mind has become much more rich and complex, which was necessary. And now it is so vast and supple to receive that higher consciousness, which requires that kind of you know vastness at every level. The body itself has gone through many, many experiences layers. So now when it rises, there have been several rise and falls and we have touched that fall and now when it rises, it's like going beyond whatever has ever been created. So the spiritual evolution is not about creating the sage, the seer, the saint, which are wonderful, exceptional flowers of the age we will leave behind us. But it is the creation of the superman and the supramental being. So all this Shurabindo speaks about and then yes, the famous objection in the next chapter, spiritual evolution. He says that people will say, oh, this sounds very fantastic. And then he starts this chapter with a very interesting example. He says, if there was a witness ever present at the beginning of creation and you know, he asked God, what are you up to? He would have said, wait, I am going to create something. like." If, you say, if God said, I am going to create poetry, music, song, forms which will do that, I said, sir, please don't fool me. Tell me straight what you are going to do. He would have said, immediately I am going to create matter. How can this tremendous energy which is so hot become matter, forms? And God would have smiled and said, wait, like farmers, farmer know what is the seed inside. So you ask a farmer, what is going to come? He will say rose plant or he will say the banyan tree. As how do you know? Nothing I can see on surface. He will say yes because you are not the one who has planted it. <laughs> I am the one who has planted it. So Shivindu can give this uh, reasoning. But he goes through this other reasoning. That the witness asked God and God would have said wait and then matter was formed. Then again he would have asked now, now, now what? And he would have said wait this matter will begin to squeak and Fly and climb and run. Are you must be amusing yourself with all these stories, myths. It cannot be. So God would have said, wait. How much time to wait? One million, two million, five billion years. See, earth took five billion years to cool. And then the first forms appear. What were those china china forms? Small little one cellular organism. And then if you take from that point of time till today, if you put the entire evolution on a 24-hour clock, entire evolutionary history of forms from, you know, condensed matter to man. Man was born just a few seconds back. <laughs> so witness would have said, where are you? What do you want to know? No, no, no. I'll Man will come. What is man? He'll be a two-legged creature which will become one with me. Sir, please don't. Say such stories. And then said, even if he came abrupt, suddenly that witness, he would say, it's a miracle, all right. But it doesn't mean that something else will come after this. So there will be a lot of, uh, you know, this evolution will be known to those who are actually engaging with it. For a long time, you will see no change or little change in the surface consciousness and certainly not the body. So those who are expecting suddenly to see within oneself or within others, luminous body, they come and ask in the ashram, show us the specimen, the first superman. <laughs> first superman may be next to you. The person you have asked may be superman, but he is not good. I am the superman. <laughs> because you won't see. In his surface consciousness, he may even, like Durvasa say, don't ask nonsensical question. Go away from me. <laughs> because the outer consciousness is the last to change. It, the change begins from within outward and from above downwards. And then of course there is a response within matter. A lot of things are going on within matter leading to abnormal phenomena, disease and all kinds of things. But that is for later. That we will talk about in the next uh, four, I mean next two days. So but what has uh, nature used in man to open the doors to this spiritual evolution? 
because spiritual evolution is spiritual is spiritual it is not high, high intellectuality it is not emotional fervor it's not uh, black and white magic it is not occultism none of them has anything to do with spirituality yet nature used these four doors to open us to this spiritual evolution possibility and these four doors are religion which has opened the door of the heart to something which is beyond then there is occultism where the life energy of man seeking for understanding and the mind seeking to understand the invisible forces behind this tangible universe what makes me speak the way i do what makes me think what makes me feel can i use these energies for uh, good or worse that is occultism the whole field about the play of forces and then the third door is spiritual philosophy you want to understand this world creation creator and the thinking mind stretches itself and builds a whole philosophy and the fourth door is spiritual experience and realization these are the fourth doors through which nature has striven to create spiritual man to at least open doors but actually in a certain sense they are all combined every religion has an occult side rites rituals very occult things gods goddesses but religion also had a tendency to discard occult and say only the divine i'll pray so it has again every religion has its own metaphysics kind of a theosophy where you uh, theology where you understand uh, based on the religious belief and build a whole system of philosophy so there is a spiritual philosophy and every religion experiences god in a certain sense it may be a feeling in the heart it may be suddenly the you know a divine intervention that one has felt so it opens similarly every occultism occultism had all these sides in occultism when they started studying invisible forces they came in contact with gods goddesses even demonic energies because then you are invisible world of forces so when they came in contact with the forces uh, though they could never understand it uh, fully in terms of their origin but this is a big subject i'll not go into <laughs> it's it's a whole uh, wonderful subject there is a kind of occultism we all practice for instance whenever we think good of somebody basically i am sending thought energy towards that person and it impacts because the subliminal is not close like us we may be very far and when we think good of someone this energy goes now if this energy is combined with a very powerful will and a feeling in the heart then it can reach much faster but equally one can harm others through this process to this if you add certain uh, sound symbols you know dark incantations to this you can actually add the involvement of dark deities to this if one can add certain uh, you know um, charging some material objects which can be charged by this means then you have a full blown occultism which has both sides white and black it's called in europe as in the west is white magic and black magic in india it is you know the good tantra which is meant to benefit people help and the dark tantras which you know tries to harm people malevolent kind of energies so this occultism developed but again it had its religious side when white occult came in contact with these deities it started worshiping them even sometimes it worshiped dark malevolent deities like hitler but that religious sense came that there is something higher and beyond to which our consciousness must bow down then occultism made its own theory so there was a kind of spiritual philosophy then spiritual philosophy again included everything when people wrote there is some kind of a thing that there is a greater power a higher power which is behind this world and you know that's how religion came human thought created something of that religious sense came and that understanding that this power comes in various ways it entered through the door of science science itself is a kind of occultism and shurbindo says that in occultism you have these two poles everywhere these two poles there is the spiritual there is the mid term mid worlds which is the domain of occult occult is not spiritual but mid mid domains powers of mind life and uh, other energies and there is the material so they act upon material processes by these energies they have learned the art so what does science do science manipulate the material end people often ask me how do how do drugs control Uh, schizophrenia if it is a possession because what do the drugs do they close the gates in matter 
but you remove the drug and the whole thing comes back again and that consciousness will take other routes so the problem of that approach is one it will never give a perfect answer you see you keep multiplying drugs the disease will continue because there are the impact of adverse forces at the same time if science learns the has the power to manipulate at the material and the play of these forces we can imagine what would happen and you know shubindra wrote this danger way back the life divine was written in the second half of the previous century and revised in the fourth uh, decade in the in the second decade and the fourth decade which is 40 so you can imagine that time shubindra is cautioning so what is its practical implication who pushed man to create nuclear weapons it was the adverse forces and he got the secret i can destroy i can slay now she says the moment you have nuclear weapons these forces will push you to use it they want devastation upon earth same with you know many of these drugs which manipulate the end at this level so there was a medicine sometime back which was called as the bliss drug so you take it and you are happy you take this medicine you are now what happens what's wrong with that well when you create happiness artificially again you had these drugs of abuse i am talking of psychological drug but you have drugs what has happened it has taken away from you the entire evolutionary urge pain comes as a challenge and you grow so what happened to that section of humanity which is on these medicines the quick way out you stop evolving which is the worst thing to happen because the urge is taken away but there is a section of humanity which will evolve because it has that urge conscious urge so this is how this kind of manipulating the occult forces in science has created this difficulty in pure thinking mind spiritual philosophy it has often discarded religion and occultism both but at the same time you will see that there are uh, philosophies which accept and agree you have this you know books like karl popper and then you know who this nobel laureates einstein the sense of the mystic which enters into them because when they study this universe and build a kind of philosophy around it they understand that it cannot just happen randomly so spiritual philosophy thinking mind has stressed itself to understand and through that also there is an evolution so we have the intellect the heart and the life parts will striving to touch the spiritual consciousness and then of course there is the last door mystic door where there are actual glimpses spiritual experiences and realization but the problem there is that it this is the way up till now the practices of mystic practices they invariably disconnect us with here the earthly reality so while you have the glimpses which are wonderful there is the bhakta who lives in the ecstasy of the divine there is the man of wisdom the sage there is the hero warrior even there is somebody who dedicates all the actions and becomes an instrument of god yet there is a disconnect between the knowledge which he acquires the power the uh, love that he experiences and his outer life his body they are there is a disconnect because it it opens a door very powerful door it is the most authentic door towards spiritual consciousness that's how shubhendra puts the other three can be taken as window openings you have a window through which you glimpse but spiritual experience and realization opens a door literally a door through which you can walk out feel that wonderful air but you don't know now how to bring that air into this house so when you enter the house it's the same mess so this emergent spiritual evolution will be completed eventually by the full manifestation of the uh, supramental force that last question whether man will be you see that is the big question that right now the supramental wave is carrying us forward if man misses the bus there are many human beings who don't know who don't care who are happy let's get photo shoot let's get you know <laughs> they come to pondicherry looking for which is the best place to eat where do you get wine quality wine and you tell them there is divine also the best quality wine its nasha will never utro sorry for the english english rather but they not so what will happen to the humanity right now it is riding on a wave so it is having some openings here and there but if it doesn't take that whether it will collapse back or it will 
still continue that is a question which is left hanging a section of humanity is bound to collapse because that power has started working it's misusing it but that misuse should not uh, worry us because like any new power that comes initially human consciousness misuses it it's at the mercy of the previous power so right now that consciousness is at the mercy of the mind so mind is trying to understand the super mind in the process it is becoming undermined because it wants to be overmind the spiritual consciousness is overmind <laughs> you see you cannot understand the super mind you have to become that so but still it plays with words and theories it's okay it's a stretching out but eventually at some point we have to engage with it directly so these are some of the key ideas and we can just read some interesting passages uh, on the emergence it is true again that it is difficult for man's mind to distinguish entirely the soul or self or any spiritual element in him from the mental and vital formation in which it makes its appearance because it's appearing so what happens like a baby in the womb how do you know you know by the mother certain things are happening to the mother do you see the baby no now you can do the ultrasound and actually see so it is it takes the you of the mind so it appears as if it's nothing else but another possibility in the mind it is still the mind that's how western psychology confuses the mind uh, with the spirit but when actually it is disengaged then you know somebody who has experienced the psychic being knows yes there is a difference by its actions by its you know by that state of consciousness many th- there is a reversal of consciousness that's how the mother describes it complete reversal but until then there may be that is it really my soul is it my spiritual higher consciousness <laughs> is it mental so if depending on whom you meet if you meet an authentic spiritual person he will tell you whether it is the genuine authentic psychic feeling or something else but you meet a mental person he will say you are going mental consult a psychiatrist all these are not you know so <laughs> so initially it appears like that but that is only so long as the emergence is not complete when mother was asked that how to know that you know the psychic being as he must says when you have it you will know it if you are asking the question means it is not yet happened please taken place so it it disengages then you know it's a completely new thing you're separate from the entire field of nature it's distinct from the mind and its operations that's why i often tell people for example people say are spirituality is another kind of nasha you know people take drinks take alcohol to be happy others go to god to be happy as it excuse me i have taken both so i can tell the difference but have you tried both if not then you don't have the right to tell somebody who has tasted wine and the divine knows the difference but somebody who has only tasted wine but not the divine will say it is the same because it's happiness it's a word we are using that divine love is very different from anything that we call as love in fact it's a qualitatively different thing and even if somebody is not able to describe it one will know the difference so this is the but in the beginning um, evidently uh there is then evidently a spiritual consciousness which is other than the mental and it testifies to the existence of a spiritual being in us which is other than our surface mental personality mind is always struggling it never has a certitude you know he'll ask is it like this that he'll use reason analysis try to build up theories but to the spiritual consciousness things are self evident but at first this consciousness may confine itself to a status of being separate from the action of our ignorant surface nature so when it emerges first we have the knowledge but not the power to act that is something very interesting limiting itself to knowledge you understand what is what but you can't change you can't act because first is the knowledge aspect that emerges that's even in yoga shubhendu says our aim is to arrive at the goal of the tantra but by the method of path of the vedanta that's why first we must discover the divine 
gain that foothold of knowledge. Otherwise, if there is power, without the knowledge, it can be devastating. For action, it may still depend upon the mental, vital bodily instruments. Or it may allow them to act according to their own nature and itself remain satisfied with self-experience and self-knowledge. With an inner liberation and eventual freedom, but it may also and usually does exercise a certain authority, governance, influence on thought, life movement, physical action, a purifying, uplifting control, compelling them to move in a higher and purer truth of themselves, to obey or be an instrumentation of an influx of some diviner power or a, or be a, or a luminous direction which is not mental but spiritual. And can be recognized as having a certain divine character. The divine character is like an imperative command. It's like an influx, which is absolutely, as Shubhendra says, when the mind is lit up with the flame of inspiration and intuition, there is no labor involved at all. So one can see that it is the breath of the spirit that has used the flesh. Otherwise, there is so much labor and so much of struggle, uh, effort required. So one knows that it is not the mind. It is something else which has taken up. In We have in Savitri beautiful description in book 1, Canto 4, that how, what are the signals of eternity and how they can uh, take hold and move our breath and speech and act. So this will be the first. The inspiration of a greater self or the command of the ruler of all being, these will be the first signs. The Ishwara, or the nature may obey the psychic entity's intimations. Move in an inner light, follow an inner guidance. This is already a considerable evolution and amounts to a beginning at least of a psychic and spiritual transformation. But it is possible to go further, for the spiritual being, once inwardly liberated, can develop in mind the higher states of being that are its own natural atmosphere and bring down a supramental energy and action which are proper to the truth consciousness. The ordinary mental instrumentation, instrumentation, life instruments, physical instrumentation even could then be entirely transformed and become parts no longer of an ignorance, however much illumined, but of a supramental creation which would be the true action of a spiritual truth consciousness and knowledge. This is the ultimate possibility. But in the beginning there will be a lot of error. And we should not worry about it. In the sense, error is justified because it's an approximation to find the truth. When they say, therefore, error is justified of our children. If you straight away say that you will act only under the direct supramental intuition, one will not act at all. So one learns, grows, things are right, they are mistaken. Then slowly this develops. But if one blocks the way by saying, no, 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 it is not possible, I made a mistake. Even one doesn't understand Initially, that what one is calling a mistake is not a mistake from the deeper and higher standpoint. So all this grows as one grows in consciousness. So therefore, Shirvindo says, but the error so created comes very much in the way of a true understanding. And it must therefore be emphasized that spirituality is not a high intellectuality, not idealism, not an ethical turn of mind, or moral purity and austerity. These things have nothing to do with spirituality. When mother was asked supramental consciousness, she said it needs wideness, plasticity and equanimity. And there are many things which have nothing to do with the supramental consciousness. But, you know, people practice them as if it is spiritual. Supramental consciousness will throw it out. Then she was asked that what are those things? She said, for instance, certain moral ideas, ascetic ideas, in India about spiritual practices like waking up in the morning at 3 o'clock and doing certain practices that nothing to do with spirituality you may do all these exercises maybe far away from spirituality then she was asked more then she said sanctity of marriage <laughs> there is nothing uh, about deeper tree. it's a social thing and it, it has its place in the human evolution but to turn it into an absolute rule so super mind is not going to respect all these things it will bring in truth and readjust everything and reshuffle all these things. So, not religiosity or an ardent and exalted emotional fervor. Religiosity, going to temple every day, 
keeping fasting on every tuesday monday or whatever day or 40 days all this is nothing to do with spirituality it is a religiosity it may or may not in some people open a door not even or exalted emotional fervor going to temple and doing all this you know dhol baja every every going to church on sunday oh you are as if you know god is not amused by all this drama and show and then you come out and look for a cigarette that's not how the divine loves that little child who is inside and who is not looking at all these priests and everybody feeling amused and saying hey god i want to talk to you that is far more dear shivin the story a dream is about that that there is this, uh, somebody who treats god like a real being and says i am going to tie your hands and give you a nice thrashing why have you made me who worships you twice a day thrice a day hari mohan in such a poor condition and thin kodi seal as three story house and god said this is what i like you have treated me like a real living person and not you know going there out of fear and doing all this and coming back so it is not all these things not even a compound of all these excellent things they have their place <laughs> a mental belief creed or faith an emotional aspiration a regulation of conduct according to a religious or ethical formula are not spiritual achievement and experience we should be very clear about it these things are considered of considerable value to mind and life their place is the tame the vital in us the animal in us needed so sometimes you give religious authority sometimes you give a social sanction so it helps so you know one day a woman keeps a fast for the man karwa chauth man believes uh, erroneously she loves me she doesn't know that he must live a life to for her own <laughs> good <laughs> so they maintain a social order that one day is good enough i don't know what men do to make you know but this is how these things have nothing to do with spiritual life this kind of vrat upvas but they have value to mind and life they are of value to the spiritual evolution itself as preparatory movements okay you at least believe there is god you believe that your prayer can help disciplining purifying or giving a suitable form to the nature but they still belong to the mental evolution the beginning of spiritual evolution experience change is not yet there spirituality is in its essence an awakening to the inner reality of a being to a spirit self soul which is other than our mind life and body an inner aspiration to know not a mechanical prayer from a standard prayer book an inner aspiration to know to feel to be that to enter into contact with the greater reality beyond not satisfied just by praying every day and paying our debt to god i want to be yours i want to be one with you to be your instrument channel whatever way and pervading the universe which inhabits also our own being to be in communion with it and union with it and a turning a conversion a transformation of our whole being as a result of the aspiration the contact the union a growth or waking into a new becoming or new being a new self a new nature so this is what is truly spirituality and the rest i think we have already spoken about let me just see if toward the end there is something otherwise we can take up questions yeah so um Shubindo reminds us that it will be. It's not like suddenly um, everybody will wake up to a supramental creation. It won't be. There will be first a few. Those are who have reached that point where the evolutionary energy has become very active. Why it has happened? Past lives or constitution, destiny, what whatever way, but it will happen from that. And. Um, he reminds us the truth of the spirit is a truth of being and consciousness and not a truth of thought 
mental ideas can only represent or formulate some facet some mind translated principles or power of it or enumerated aspects but to know it one has to grow into it and be it without that growing and being there can be no true spiritual knowledge it's not a book knowledge the fundamental truth of spiritual experience is one its consciousness is one everywhere it follows the same general lines and tendencies of awakening and growth into spiritual being but also there are based on those imperatives numberless possibilities of variation of experience and expression the several angles of approach several different aspirations based on that the divine reveals himself the centralization and harmonization of these possibles but also the intensive soul following out of any line of experience are both of them necessary movements of the emerging spiritual consciousness force within us and in the evolution of the spiritual man there must necessarily be many stages so just like from the reptile to the bird many stages which are wiped out so there will be many intermediary species all of our in this way as the mother said depending on one side apprentice superman and on the other side we are you know beings of transition neither here nor there we have one foot here one foot there but this is inevitable in the course of evolution in the evolution of the spiritual man there must necessarily be many stages and in each stage a great variety of individual formations of the being the consciousness the life the temperament the ideas the character it's not like everybody will be same format so when people come to look for a spiritual specimen tell them that work in progress everywhere and in each one you will see different type look at even those near the mother pavitrada champaklal ji close see the difference between the two niroddha third pranabda nalida amrita these six people who were just around the mother and see the differences marked differences in each one of them this is a long subject this is not the time to speak about but see each one and each one in his own way a mountain peak close to her and she is close to them each doing her work in his own unique way and yet they are again you see the feminine vasudha ben sahana di huta di all temi ben not to forget champa ben lalita di all of them unique in their own way but again different so the nature of instrumental mind and the necessity of dealing with the life it must of itself create an infinite variety according to the stage of development and the individuality of the seeker there is no standard format in fact the more we enter into the domain of spirit the more freedom and infinity there is but apart from that even the domain of pure spiritual self realization and self expression need not be a single white monotone the same shiva when ravana saw him he gave that you know shivashta come and became you know like he said he wants that might and the same shiva when nandi sees him he gives his life to him the same shiva when vasuki goes to him he says just keep me with you you the same shiva chandrama says you are my redeemer otherwise i'll die so he says okay i'll hold you on my forehead is the same the same shiva prajapati sees him as a threat to the world and the same shiva whom ganges says that hold me in your jatas so it's the same reality but experienced differently by different seekers there can be a great diversity in the fundamental unity the supreme self is one but the souls of the self are many and as is the soul's formation of nature so will be its spiritual self expression a diversity in oneness is the law of the manifestation the supramental unification and integration must harmonize these diversities but to abolish them is not the intention of the spirit in nature so spiritual evolution is not about everybody will wear the same clothes do the same thing 
No, it's a adventure in that sense. And yet, it is the same Krishna around whom all are dancing and each thinks he is mine alone. That's how people thought, mother is mine alone, I am closest. Some sensible people knew, <laughs> don't take it to head. But there are people who felt, she is mine alone. But then, she is everybody's and everybody belongs to her because she is in all and carries each one along the trail of their own nature, their unique past and their yet more unique future. Ah. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir, yes. I wanted to I I wanted to ask you know because you in the in the context of you mentioned getting up early in the morning and uh, uh, so in that context you know the importance of uh, isn't that a discipline that is needed for the body you know getting up at a certain time eating certain kinds of food or yes so that's what Shurabindu says here that it is good for disciplining the mind and body. And the life impulse. But it should not be mistaken for spirituality. Many people believe that somebody wakes up in the morning, takes a bath and does some religious practices. So the person is spiritual. That has no connect with that. So we must not confuse these things with a true spiritual evolution. These things are good. Any disciplining of body and mind. That's how I read that passage. Where it says they have a value in disciplining the body and mind and the animal instincts of man. But they are not spiritual. That's all that we must understand. That spirituality is something else. It's that conscious aspiration through which one wakes up. This aspiration may go on. I have seen people, in fact, in one of the places, the mother says only two things are required. To have that thirst and not to cling to any form of life. And form means a format of life. So something very interesting, she says, if you have that thirst, that seeking, even the extravagances of an American youth are a path. So to carry that seeking inside. Whereas what happens many times with you know people who follow a certain routine, a religious routine, let's put it like that, are so satisfied with that discipline, so much they have this feeling that they are already spiritual. Whereas it is just a kind of either a religious thing or a mental discipline, which is good, nothing wrong with that. But one should not mistake it for a spiritual life. That's all that is required to understand there. Okay, so, thank you so much, sir, uh, again for clarifying our doubts. And now we will observe a minute of silence and then we can call it a day. 